Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Here's Armstrong and Getty. Any sign of the white flash there, Sean? Let me put, put my ear to, to the ground. The, yeah, in the manner of your people. Long-haired white guys. Oh, <laughs> Wait a minute. <sighs> Did you hear the, the distant rumblings, the hoofbeats? Right, you can get up off the floor now if you want. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, there he is, everybody. Hey, Michael, play the door opening, would you? I have a highly tuned ear. Oh, you do. It's back. The door sound? There we go. I love the door sound. All those years tracking the herds has given Sean a... Uh, you can feel the vibrations in the ground. It's beautiful. He's in tune with the earth. Dimly lit room. Who's our general manager today? Knife-fighting children, apparently. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know. Who would you like? Uh, we, the, the papers haven't actually been signed. The hire isn't official. <laughs> They've uh, been asked back, back for a second interview, but they might not be the general manager. They're the acting general manager. Boy, so I, the Senate hasn't approved them yet. I don't want to take the fun out of uh, anything on a Friday, but um, that second video that came out I retweeted last night. Oof. Mm. Man, as I said in the in the retweet, if you haven't seen another video of the knife fight came out and... Um, you watch that, and uh, as I tweeted, imagine trying to make a decision in that scene at that speed. Right. I mean, because right. that's the real-life speed. Where it looked like people might be about to die at the hands of someone who is armed with a deadly weapon. I think you got to be a special sort of person to even put, you know, even acknowledge that in that, in that amount of time. I mean, it was right. just chaos. Yeah, it you know, it reminds me very much of an NFL quarterback who drops back and then there is motion all around him and violence and the rest of it. And he's got to make an extremely fast, cool-headed decision. But in this case, with much more uh, permanent impact, obviously, than some NFL play. Oh, there's what I tweeted. I was more lucid then than I am now. This angle at real life speed, I don't know how cops get it right as often as they do. No kidding, man. You show up in that scene with people running around and screaming and yelling and you're trying to figure out, okay, who's... Who's potentially bad? Who's a victim? Who's the aggressor? Who's got what weapon? What the heck? And then just, and then over there, she just runs at that girl with that knife all of a sudden. I'm amazed that police don't shoot the wrong person more often. Well, in in that case, that cop showed remarkable marksmanship and restraint, and nobody was hit. God, I saw so many tweets. And it is a tragedy, obviously. I saw so many tweets. I mean, we talked about the dumb one about, you know, why don't you shoot the knife out of their hand? Um, Sure. Or or a lot of the the, the people who say, shoot him in the leg. Why do you have to kill him? Shoot him in the leg. Well, geez, you got to be a superhero to pull off that sort of thing. Right. Right. Not only that, but people get hit in the limbs often hemorrhage because you have arteries running down your limbs. Watch that new video that came out. Man, that is something. Anyway, I, I feel like, well, now I'm looking up at CNN and they got a quote on the bottom. Micaiah Bryant's mother says she was taken from me. Well, huh? she was taken from you. She was in, trying in a to way. She was, but yeah. CNN's despicable. That, As you know, I only watch it watch it to punish myself for my sins. She was trying to stab a girl to death. 
Or so looked, she said. Sure looks like. Yeah, I'm that's what going she's... to blanking stab the blank out of you, Biash. Man, that's rough. Yeah, and it was you know what's really rough is uh, I believe they were all all of the participants or almost all of the participants were foster kids that had been raised in that home and they had a, a they were bickering over the house being clean mm. and tempers flared and it escalated and the one gal grabbed a knife. It's it's just an utterly mundane idiotic argument ends in death. It's terrible. And there are certain, you know, people who 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 are trying to say and you know, I have an open mind about this. They're like, "Oh yeah, there are fights and knife fights all the time among uh, our people." Whatever. So you you shouldn't have the cops there. Well, the the people who frantically called the cops think the cops should have been there. So, yeah. That's a good point. There are all sorts of memes running from darkly hilarious to very serious about uh, a child's first knife fight and what a warm memory that is and the rest well, of it. Well, so is that, uh, text us if you grew up in a lifestyle where knife fights were somewhat common. Because I, I did see a lot of that bouncing around. Um, you know, we get knife fights. The cops don't need to get involved. But then, like you pointed out, some of the participants called the cops. Right. And said, we need a police officer here now. Hurry. Hey, did we ever nail down that stuff on Twitter from a week or so ago, Sean? Because that pops into my head every time I say something like I saw it floating around. I'm, I'm talking about Twitter usually. Half of people aren't on Twitter at all. And then of those of the people that are on Twitter, it's a tiny percentage that are doing the tweeting. Uh, the, there was a lot of interesting data in that study about how few people are actually on Twitter I believe the person who quoted the study overstated or he was pulling data that wasn't from the study. I couldn't verify yeah. his particular stats, but the, the the spirit, I think, is true. The the spirit is definitely true, and we I need to remember that. Everybody needs to remember that. The national conversation is not going on Twitter. Like, 3% of the country is discussing something on Twitter, and they happen to be the three craziest percent of the country in a lot of cases. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm looking, I'm trying to find the answer to your question, and... Uh... The Internet really needs to get cleaned out on an annual basis, <laughs> whether it's on January 1st or we declare, you know, uh, on one of your geek holidays, like uh, the, the, what's the what's the one? May the 4th of March be with you or <laughs> may the 4th be with you. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's the one. But I'm seeing how many uh, how many Twitter users, what percentage of Americans are on Twitter from August of 2019. Yeah, well, it's coming up in a few days, by the way, May 4th. So prepare. Um. Uh. Yeah, I like when you search for a Memorial Day parade and you get 2001 starting time for the Memorial. Get that stuff out of there. <laughs> Clean that out. If I had a time machine, I could show up on time. <laughs> uh, it's teamwork that makes the dream work, and that's why we introduce everybody in the squad. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing pretty good, getting ready for the wife's birthday, which is tomorrow. So i got to start wrapping and start shopping today. First birthday so. is a married couple. Yeah, yeah. Very I exciting. Tried to make a reservation for dinner, but Chili's doesn't take reservations. Really? So. <laughs> yeah. Get her the lava cake. Every woman loves the lava cake. Hey, by the way, according to this, whatever the, oh, Pew Research, uh, one in five adults, one in five ever use Twitter in the United States. Ever use it at all. And then the internal Twitter, like among people who tweet numbers, are a tiny percent, because most people are on there to listen to what other people are saying. It's very few people that are on Twitter that drive the conversation. Uh, on the other hand, they have this statistic. 24% of all U.S. Twitter users are male, whereas 21% of U.S. Twitter users are female. Hmm. Which would people? leave 
54% that are non-binary, non-specific, That's both, neither. That's interesting. Uh, positive Sean, there he's, his smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? I'm doing quite well. It is Oscar uh, weekend. They, they are popping off this Sunday. Don't worry, no one else will watch either. Um, and uh, I have here uh, uh, an article with all 56 movies that were nominated ranked. So even if you were just nominated for costume design, they found a way to you know fit you into the mm. overall rankings of the thing. Um, I have seen far fewer of the Oscar movies than I typically see. I try to see them all. I've tried to catch up a little bit in the last couple of days, so I've, I've seen some of the, the bigger ones. Still not watching Mank. You can't make me. Um, <laughs> and uh, But I will say I think the... The most fun I had watching a movie was something that came out early on uh, the past year, and that was a movie, Palm Springs. Uh, I believe you can see it on Amazon. It's Andy Samberg. It's a very light, funny, fun movie. Uh, didn't get nominated for anything because it's a comedy, so of course it can't be considered. Uh, but I would recommend that. I think that is a great movie. It is not serious. It is not a darker take of anything. Palm um, Springs, you say? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Not a darker take of anything. Yeah. It is. It is just fun and uh, it's silly and uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, I don't, don't want to say too more because too much more because yeah. it, it takes away. But could you post at the website Sean's Oscar weekend uh, recommended movies? Uh, because actually, I'll never for, I'll never remember that. Uh, yeah, I'll, I was actually going to do my uh, my one more thing podcast about that today, so I will uh, do it in written form, yeah, so I don't have to I'll, listen. Oh no, okay. there'll, there'll be a blog post where it's it's summarized, <laughs> okay, but excellent. but you may have to listen to hear what number two is. I do. Oh. I do know that. Uh, this time of year, spring, coming out of a pandemic, a variety of things going on in my personal life. I don't need to see a contemplative, the man's humanity to inhumanity to man sort of soul searching movie. I just don't need that at all. It's a darker take on the Rwandan genocide. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't need that. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this is how did it already get to be a Friday, April the 23rd, the year 2021, where Armstrong and Getty and we approve of this program. Let's leap into action then officially. Here we go. According to FCC rules and regulations, the show begins officially now at Mark. Take a page out of my old friend's book. His name is Shoeless Gus. He used to walk across a gravel parking lot just to prove a point. He ran off with a flapper girl from Cheyenne. Now they sell tire swings for a living. <laughs> oh, my Fallon. Oh, 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 he's got to do that for the next three years. That is hilarious. <laughs> it's just too bad we don't have a mockable president. I assume, I assume that's another Joe Biden with his mask on, so Jimmy Fallon fills in the words. I guess yeah, this, exactly. I guess this will have to end when uh, Joe Biden stops wearing a mask, and he'll be among the last people to stop wearing a mask. Uh, I'll bet you, Chris, hundred dollar bill, he's not doing it for the next three years. You don't if think you hear he, what I'm you saying? Don't think a he's darker gonna... take on the joke. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to talk about that later. <laughs> I want to hear that whole thing again. That was funny. <laughs> I'm sure sell, there's three of them. They yeah, sell tire more. swings. <laughs> Flapper, oh, man. That's from Fran. Oh, oh that's Shoeless funny. Gus. <laughs> How does mailbag look? Oh, it's very nice, but, but first, of course, we have uh, Clips of the Week. Cal. <laughs> okay, all that's on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Got a 
feel like we ought to go just go through all the opinion pieces in the Wall Street Journal today. They're all really good and interesting on a variety of topics. Oh, really? I hadn't flipped to it yet. That's cool. The capital gains tax, the the the, the White House selling the narrative of uh, systemic racism, a Democrat that's battling the myth of voter suppression. Um, a lot of good stuff. Yeah, wow, I'd love to hear that, um, uh, all of it. I've got a lot of great stuff to get to myself. Uh, mailbag, coming up in a moment or two. Easy in there, Michael. You keep your hand off that button. Before we do that, let's do this. It's a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. It's a bobcat attacking a wife! <laughs> a bobcat! I know the sale ended last week, but can I still get a discount? Do you hear yourself? You want the sale from 15 years ago, too? When's it end, Diane? You want that price? You're going to have to go through the quantum realm with Ant-Man. I see um, uh, my money as not my own. I see it as um, my family's money as well. I think today proves the fact that if you have enough followers, you can truly do whatever you want. But I am very hopeful, and I hope uh, that we're going to get a verdict that they say guilty, guilty, guilty. I wish elected officials would stop talking about this case, especially in a manner that is disrespectful to the rule of law and to the judicial branch and our function. Their failure to do so, I think, is abhorrent. We're betting that one small but steady investment for Angelino households will pay large dividends for health and stability across our city, and more importantly, light a fire across our nation. I almost lost everything. But football wouldn't let me give up. Because no, this isn't just a game. It's about fully committing yourself to something bigger. And most of all, it's about you. We're we're demonizing white people for being born. Are some of our students white people? Yes. I'd rather adjust to your absence than be continuously frustrated by your presence. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to speak to your manager. I'd like to speak to your mother. Tell her she should be embarrassed. She raised someone to act like a baby in public. You want to speak to the manager, please? Manager doesn't know what's going on. Haven't you ever worked anywhere before? Uh, former, uh... You're a I assume I'm getting that as a compliment. I'll take that as a backhanded compliment. The manager, we... the manager can't help you. Haven't you ever worked anywhere before? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Mailbag. <laughs> Our freedom-loving quote of the day, once again from Supreme Court Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. This is freedom from putting too much pressure on yourself. I guess I love this quote. This one goes out to you, Sean. It's a long-distance dedication. I despise making the most of one's time. Half of the pleasures of life consist of the opportunities one has neglected. (laughs) Tattoo that on my face. Say that again. I despise making the most of one's time. Half of the pleasures of life consist of the opportunities one has neglected. Hmm. That's it. Well, yeah. How about you go fishing with your buddy or your, your son? Instead of, you know, cracking down and doing that extra little bit of work or whatever. I don't know. Uh, It reminds me, actually, of a a book I need to get back to reading by Mark Manson, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F, which is very, very good. You can be blank about it, too. 
Uh, well, no, it's it's actually his point is that life struggles give it meaning, and you have to choose very carefully what you give your f's about, and uh, and and choose them deliberately, not because they're expected of you or somebody told you. That's very very good. I like it. Anyway, moving along to the correspondence proper. This is Mailbag. You can email us anytime you want. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Morning, guys. A-plus show today. Enjoy your day. Signed, Tom. How about that? Hmm. Tom, just uh, with uh, sunshine in his soul, reached out and said something nice. I love that. Uh, moving along. Hey, guys. Faggoty, uh, Texas Marine Kevin. That's a friend of Armstrong and Getty over 10 years. Oh, actually, he's Fagafy over 15 years. Uh, with a note of uh, thanks to Positive Sean, uh, thanks to him mentioning NBA NFTs a few weeks ago, I spent a total of $24 on two packs. I'm now up over $150. Well, I won't be hiring Joe to be my personal sleeve boy yet. It's not a bad return on investment. Uh, then he says some very funny things about me being his sleeve boy. Uh, but we don't have time for that. <laughs> Joe in Stockton writes, guys, could it be that the housing bubble and the swelling stock market are early manifestations of the inevitable hyperinflation? Those new dollars have to go somewhere. Joe, I'll thank you not to terrify me anymore in your emails. That is an interesting thought. Uh, Joe Biden's uh, proposal for raising the capital gains tax has a lot of the financial world uh, shaking. Mm-hmm. To a certain extent, we need to talk more about policing in America and all kinds of different stuff that I promise will be fun. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Let's check out another joint statement. Uh, after German Chancellor Angela Merkel said, we can conserve the amount of available water we have by, Biden said, rounding up all the neighborhood boys and washing ourselves off in the creek behind old man McCafferty's tool shed. <laughs> Just as good as a real shower, and you get to eat as many tadpole eggs as you can fit in your mouth. <laughs> Why do they keep letting him talk? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what wow. an interesting theme for mocking a president. Now, uh, can we? Who was that? That so-called journalist who wrote that this is a president who cannot be mocked. He's too good. Kind. And the Washington Post did a stupid no column on There's no basis this. to make fun of him. That guy needs to be dragged out into the street, stripped naked, <laughs> and tarred and feathered. Although that was generally mm. fatal, so perhaps I don't know. Maybe corn syruped and feathered. Biden administration leaked yesterday that they're soon going to propose raising the federal tax on capital gains to 43.4%. Holy cow. Over 43% from the current top rate of 23.8%. And as it says in the Wall Street Journal, make that more like 55% if you live in New York or California. Right. Right. Wow. Folks, you, everybody, there goes your 401k. There goes a huge percentage of your 401k, because that's capital gains, man. Yes. Wow, they just crushed your savings or proposed it. Tony Fratto, uh, who's a CNBC guy, um, business person, uh, these worst takes on cap gains, um, uh, he's commenting on Paul Krugman, lefty columnist for the New York Times, 
economist. I'm shocked, shocked to learn that wealthy people think taxing the wealthy is a bad idea. The response from this CNBC dude was, if you've gone out and built a business and you've reinvested and innovated and hired people and made it a going concern over many years and then you sell it, you get crushed by this tax and called bad names. It's a penalty rate on entrepreneurship. And obviously it drives down the willingness to take all those risks because the payoff is so much smaller. Right. There's no reward without risk. And That's Sean, what people who are not entrepreneurs, not business people, don't understand. And, Sean, you mentioned you were listening to a podcast with some uh, movers and shakers in the business world. Yeah, so their point was a lot of the selling of these things are Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk need to pay their fair share. But this doesn't actually touch them at all because they're already wealthy. They're not making billions of dollars a year, right? Like They, they have billions of dollars, but they aren't getting capital gains in that way. What mm-hmm. this does do is it... The people who want investment into women-owned businesses, businesses of color, this affects the class of people who invest into those sorts of things. The kind of middle-tier investor people who are trying to, like you guys were saying, start businesses. Well, and what bothers me is, and and there are times that I'm, well, it depends when you ask me, but there are a variety of alternate tax plans that I've been a big fan of, whether it's a value-added tax, and yes, you people who hate it, I know what the, the problems are with it, or the fair tax or, or whatever, because the the income that you're using to invest, which then, uh, results in a capital gain has already been taxed. I mean, it's been taxed at a fairly aggressive rate, and and it's just there are there are examples of where you are taxed over and over and over again for that same dollar. You're taxed on the income, then you're taxed on the capital gains, then you're hit with the death tax, the inheritance tax, whatever. Um, it's just it's crazy. It's it's an insatiable thirst for wealth by the government class. Why why can why do people not understand that government is like an organism and it grows and it's very hungry and it's not kind, decent and looking out for you. It's voracious and greedy. And by the way, it has a very heavy hand. We can talk more about that later. It'll be an ongoing conversation. There's some really good news on the vaccine front. I was just wondering, when can we stop wearing masks walking the hallways around here if you've been vaccinated? There's no scientific reason I need to wear a mask walking down the hallway. Well, and and in a uh, a group of people this small, you could just go ahead and say, hey, I'm fully vaccinated, and everybody would know it. It's not like I saw a sign the other day, why you wear a mask, it's to show you care. And so other people who are not sure of your status, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, at the radio ranch, hey, A and G and all their guys are vaccinated. Yeah, well, and people got to stop assuming that if you see somebody without a mask, it's over half of adults have received at least one shot now. The most likely thing is that if you see an adult, they've been at least partially vaccinated. Yeah. There are only three people in the building that I don't know for sure are vaccinated, right? Like, I know yeah. everybody except for three people are vaccinated, and they're just question marks. I don't yeah. even know if they are. I'm sorry. Before, before you go on, Jack, it occurs to me. So I go to the doctor yesterday. And uh, and they made me, and, and I filled out forms online now that I'm fully vaccinated. The and you dates, said, can I get a second opinion? And he said, you're ugly, too. Oh, I oh. <laughs> <laughs> So they know I'm fully vaccinated, okay? I still have to go through the whole answering the questions. Have you had a fever? Have you traveled outside I the country? Know. Blah, blah, blah. And then when I get there, fully masked, I have to call from the front door 
and answer the same damn questions Mm -hmm. and then sign a paper and I'm fully vaccinated, I'm wearing a mask, of all places you'd think a doctor's office would say, okay, you can take off your mask. But no, we're still doing it. For how long? It's idiotic. Well, like I said, over half of adults now in America have received at least one of the shots, which gives you a, a good chunk of the immunity. Yep. Um, so uh, if you see an adult, it's more likely than not that they've had at least one shot at this point, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Um, but this is really, really, really good news. The Pfizer, Pfizer and Moderna vaccines will effectively prevent serious illness and death from that new New York strain, which is just you know, oh! travel around New York and New Jersey like crazy. According to new studies, so the findings add to evidence that shots work against all the variants that have been identified so far. So all the scary variants that there are, the vaccines work on. That is freaking phenomenal news. Yes, it is. Hear, hear. Freedom! Freedom from what? You know, the whole the freedom from not going to a baseball game. (laughs) Freedom of, of being afraid of a stranger. Yeah, freedom to to associate, to to party, to go to restaurants, to ball games, concerts. Oh my God, bands! Dust off your instruments. You can play shows again soon. So, some Democratic representative was on a Zoom call with Greta Thunberg. Of, they're stealing my childhood fame. How dare you! How dare you! She's <laughs> a, she's much more dramatic than I was. She's a climate change activist, and you know, good for her. But, and a um, child. I think she's 18 now. This uh, oh, this okay. this representative was on with her, uh, and uh, it's a public video you can watch, and said, my nine-year-old came home today, this is for Earth Day, and said, the Earth is on fire and we're all going to die soon, and what what should we do about that? And talking about the emotional toll of climate change, and Jonah Goldberg, Calm the F down. <laughs> Jonah Goldberg retweeted that and said, the emotional toll of climate change, I don't know if there, there's been any, but the emotional toll of everybody telling your kids the Earth is doomed and your life is going to end soon is probably pretty high. No kidding. Maybe we should figure out a way. It's like the, the training for school shootings. School shootings are a problem. They're awful. But it turns out that uh, training for school shootings is is worse than not yes. for their emotions. And there might be a certain, uh, well, there clearly would seem to be uh, some of that going on with climate change, too. How do, how do you uh, tell, ki- tell kids, get, 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 well, they're trying to indoctrinate kids into the whole global warming thing. Sure but they It would be nice if you could do that in a way that doesn't have them scared to death. It's like the whole white supremacy thing. You, you repeat to uh, youngsters often enough that uh, everybody around you is a white supremacist and they hate you and they want to keep you down. Well, that's going to start to stress them out. Yeah. And then don't blame me, a white guy who likes everybody, that your kid is stressed. I know of a few adults, a couple of adults, that you can't have a conversation with them that they don't bring up climate change and how awful it is and how we're all doomed. They think about it all the time. Sell your parka, buy some shorts. <laughs> there. Solved it. you got to find a way, if, you, if you're if you worried about that, that you can be active in making the world better and not worry about it every moment of your life, because that's not good for anybody. No, no, I think I think it's honestly, it's, it's um, people enjoy it. They want it. It gives their life purpose. They feel important. Um, they feel involved. Uh, there, you know, we we talked about this. Um, gosh, what was the context when it was so fashionable 
to act like you're, oh, uh, Trump, that Trump's the new Hitler. That was a good one. Everybody acting all scared that he's going to overthrow the country and end all the institutions and blah, blah, blah. Nazi Germany. People enjoy being scared because they pull together and and, and they feel uh, the warmth of the group. But it's uh, it's put on. It's fake. Now, I'm not saying there's no warming of the climate. The climate has changed constantly through the Earth's entire history. And I'm not saying there's no human involvement. It's just a a quirk of psychology that people are desperate to be desperate. So there's some website here. Maybe we'll sprinkle these in throughout the show. Some website where they uh, they try to bring you the links to the best advice column questions and answers every week. I love that. So these are people... Writing questions to advice columns. Who I've been reading advice people? columns compulsively since I was like eight years old. I, I don't agree. know why. I agree. I have read them too, but like Sean said, who are you people? You've got a really like serious life problem, and what you do is you write to somebody and wait for the answer. And like they know anyway. Hope they select your notes. I mean, your if they email. do, like they got the answer anyway. Um, well, you've read them through the years. They're wise. But some of the questions, some of the better questions people have come across, and the answers aren't as interesting as the questions. How can I manipulate my unattractive single friend into being my son's designated guardian against her wishes? <laughs> <laughs> You're a terrible person. <laughs> this is all wrong. Yeah, amen to that, Greta. <laughs> this is a really good question. Should I continue my online affair with a guy who lives in Nigeria and ignores me except when I mention my income? <laughs> There's no help in that person. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> How should I handle being bullied and ostracized at work over my refusal to discuss religion? Man, it's just I feel bad for these people that they can't figure out a way to, you know, handle these situations. Yeah. Or their situations are crazy. How can I manipulate my unattractive friend into being my child's guardian against their will? Yes. What? Uh, One more I'll do here. How can I get my husband to take care of his infected earlobe after he pierced his own ear on a dare from a child? That's a rather specific situation. I'm not sure. Difficult to relate to. Not sure that's one that's going to be helpful for all of us. Sometimes my wife and I bicker over unimportant things. Why? Now, the, okay, that one I'm reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah we get all that. We get all sure. the benefit from that. Right. My my son is hanging around a bad crowd. How, what do sure. I do about that? You know, that's something sure. everybody could deal with, but not. How can I get my husband to take care of his own infected earlobe after he pierced his own ear on a dare from a child? Wow, wow! <laughs> Question we've all come up against in life. All right, here's here's an answer you're going to come up against. No, no, D.C. should not be a state. No, it cannot be a state. It's a ridiculous, virtue-signaling, uh, foolish waste of time. We'll explain why, among other things, coming up in a moment. Armstrong and Getty. Two, one, zero. Mission and liftoff. Guys, speed is never a true 
Copy, one alpha. Endeavour launches once again. Four astronauts from three countries on Crew 2, now making their way to the one and only International Space Station. Another SpaceX Elon Musk uh, success there. The one and only International Space Station. That reminds me of Trump saying the late, great Abraham Lincoln. I don't think you need to build up the International Space Station. Um, Hour two, among things we should talk about, there's a a prominent Democrat that's fighting the narrative of voter suppression. I'm proud. I'm happy to hear. Good. We got this text. It took me a while, but I finally realized that Joe brings interesting ideas to the show, and Jack brings boring stupidity to the show. It all makes sense now. So, hmm. Just uh, figured that out, did you? Just you figured know, that out? The only twist in that opinion is roughly 100% of the time people get us backwards. I, Joe, am talking now. That's Jack over there. Pleased to meet you. So they probably mean you bring interesting things, and I bring boring garbage. So. Either way. Now both of us feel bad. Thanks. Is that what you got up in the morning setting out to do? Is it? Is it? So also coming up, another gender reveal party gone horribly wrong. I don't know why I delight in these, but I do. Uh, George F. Will. Do you know the F stands for effing? George F. Wow. Did not know that. Do you think a judge would let me change my name to that? My middle name to that? Joe Effing Getty. I don't think they could stop you. I don't know. I'll have to check my local uh, rules and regulations. Anyway, uh, George Will wrote a great column um, uh, entitled The Anti-Constitutional D.C. Statehood Pretense. And it actually begins with a couple of really interesting bits of trivia. Uh, Number one, the District of Columbia is 118th the size of Rhode Island. Rhode Island, our teeniest little state, funny little state. two, Two big leaping steps you're across. And uh, D.C. is actually just 19% larger than Denver International Airport, which is, granted, a sprawling complex and too damn far from Denver. Uh, but that's something, and they want to make that tiny little landmass into a state. And he points out this will involve theatrical and constitutional difficulties. The Democrats' theatrical challenge will be to keep straight faces while insisting that their motivation is altruistic. Indignation about D.C. residents paying federal taxes without being fully represented. He mentions that in 1984, President Reagan came within about 4,000 votes in Minnesota of carrying all 50 states, but he won less than 14% in D.C. In the historic Reagan landslide, he barely got a vote in D.C. In 2020, Donald Trump won 5.4% of the D.C. vote. San Francisco will never vote Republican, but it'll do so before D.C. does, writes George Blanking well. Uh, So that's good. So the whole uh, no taxation without representation thing is a funny, funny joke. But it's... um, And then he goes into some various reasons why it's phony and it's, 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 it's unnecessary. But they also mentioned that the Constitution's framers created a, a small government district over which Congress would exercise exclusive legislation. It was intentionally, specifically, not a state. And then. So it wasn't an oversight by the founding fathers? They just no. didn't forget to no, get around was, to making it a state? No, it was a carefully uh, considered deliberate decision. And then in 1961, ratification of the 23rd Amendment gave district residents the right to dispose of presidential electoral votes, no more than numerous than those of the least populous states. Um, and there was an attempt in 1978 that would create the district as a state. It fell 22 states short of the 38 required, meaning it only got 16. 
2019 Gallup poll showed a national majority opposed D.C. statehood. But back to the 23rd Amendment, because 38 states will not vote to repeal it in order to confer statehood on D.C., Democrats now are proposing somehow to go legislatively around the constitutional amendment. But as the Cato Institute's Roger Pilon has patiently explained to Congress, what was done by constitutional amendment cannot be undone by legislation. Long story short, they can't do it, and they won't do it, but it's just virtue signaling. It's a, it's a, it's a charade. It'd be something, wouldn't it, to have two senators for Washington, D.C., an area that small? They could, they could visit with every single constituent uh, yearly. Yeah, it's kind of lovely in a way, but, you know, it just it can't but, happen and it shouldn't. But are we going to pretend that if uh, Washington, D.C. were as solidly red as, you know, the reddest county in Texas, that Republicans wouldn't be making strong, heartfelt arguments on why it should be a state? I'll bet they would. Sure. Why not? I mean, that's Represent- Taxation without representation is at the core of our founding. This right. is outrageous. I'd grab my fife and my drum and go out and throw tea into the uh, reflecting pool in the Capitol. Sure, try to get it, but it's not going to happen. We got more an hour or two of Jimmy Fallon's <laughs> mocking of the president, which is pretty damn funny if you haven't heard it. It's, uh, it is. It's very skillful. It's very well done. Uh, Chicago might be outlawing the cops even chasing anybody on foot. Stay tuned for that. A woman the made reveal a, gone wrong. A woman made a passionate argument in front of Congress for not making little kids wear masks all day long. That's uh, really bouncing around a lot. And Love to hear. Definitely that. worth discussing. Excellent. A lot of good stuff. Uh, you got a reaction, a thought? Text line four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty.